Hi, this is Maddie G, your Bronx Warrior Goddess, here to talk about overcoming everything and anything life can throw at you and doing it with style, humor, courage, and love. I've had lots of life experience overcoming adversities of all kinds. You will hear my personal stories, interviews with other survivors, conversations with friends, and commentary. Stories of passion, trauma, resilience, love, and everything in between. Tune in and tap into your own indomitable spirit. And as usual, I will start with a quote. Today, I have a serene look on death, and without particular religious feelings, I have an absolute conviction that we continue to live after our death in another interminable metamorphose, just like a butterfly that comes out of its cocoon. But we also live on in the memory of those who remain, Anwar Uchad, Lemon Twist. And and uh, what I always say, because especially we're going to be talking about grief, there might be some tears here and there, so get ready. This is podcast number 10, Beyond the Veil, interview with Bruce Sterling, poet, author, good friend, and coach. So Bruce and I met six years ago at a Course in Miracles meeting, and over time, we kind of bonded over our mutual grief. My grief about the loss of my daughter and his grief about the loss of his parents. It turns out he was one of the few people that I could really talk to about my grief. He could handle my tears, he could handle my talking about it, and of course he talked about his grief and that was one of the things we really bonded over. It turns out, since Christina died, I still get, I do get messages from her, pretty clear messages. And while that definitely does help with my grief, I know I'll never get over the loss of her. But it does help, but still, I have a tremendous amount of grief, and I'm just starting to realize that it has really kind of changed me forever. One of the things that's happened in uh Bruce's in my friendship is we've become very collaborative with each other. I did some editing on the book that we're going to talk about. He, he, I would say he helped me with my website about my book, but that's not really the case. He really basically did the website with my book. I just kind of plugged in the words and the pictures, but without him, there would have actually been no website. So I'm really grateful about that. And he also actually did the final editing of my book. It was just changing a few things, but it really made a huge difference. And it took it up a million percent. Um, one of the things that's also happened over these years is there's been too many, quote, coincidences that are cr clearly have not been coincidences. And I feel Christina's energy in him very strongly. And then last night, Bruce came over um, to help me with some technical issues, which te technologically, I'm not very strong. So Bruce helps me a lot with that. But anyway, so we were talking and I wanted, because we were doing the interview, I wanted to get more clear on when we met. met. So he tells me, that we met in May of 2015 and Christina just 
died two months later after that. So what it's made me realize is that these so-called coincidences with Bruce are not really coincidences, but that we've really been meant to be friends and as we have. And again, I feel Christina's energy in him very strongly. So that's a blessing beyond a blessing. And then, you know, we all got hit with COVID. And once again, we've been surrounded with grief and pain and not been able to really share our grief in community like we would normally do. And Bruce's book got published right around that time. So it's become a vehicle through which I feel and what Bruce has told me is that people are really relating to this, that we're being able through his book and his words to share our grief together in more community. And what a blessing this has been. And turns out that the last poem in Bruce's book is to Christina. And they never really actually met, but the way he talks about her describes exactly who she was. And again, this shows me Bruce's compassion, his sensitivity and creativity, and that really Christina's energy is really strong in him. And what a blessing that is, I can't even really say because it's beyond, it's beyond words. So without further ado, I would like to introduce Bruce Sterling, author of Not Enough Musings on Grief, and Bruce, are you here? I am here. Thank you, Maddie. So, so um, that's so nice. Um, are you ready to start? Yes. Oh, good. Great. Let's go. So, yes, let's go. Um, one of the things I would like you to share right off is your experience of what happened with your parents' death, because that's quite a story. It was my birthday. And I was getting ready to go out uh, to a local restaurant and have some bit of celebration. For some reason, I hadn't really looked forward to my birthday that year, possibly because there was some moves going on, some transitions and whatnot. And little did I realize exactly what was about to transpire. There was a knock at the door as I was getting ready to go outside. And it was the police. I wasn't too surprised because we were living in a student neighborhood and things happened all the time there. Anyway, I invited them in and um, the first one walked into the living room and then the second one walked into the living room and he said, there's no easy way to say this. And my thoughts went, um, you know, were flipping through like a deck of playing cards. And I couldn't imagine, I could imagine what, what, what happened. So they told me, they told me about their passing. They had looked for me for hours because I didn't have my license plate or my driver's license updated. They found me and told me of the news. And it was such a surreal experience that I had nothing to ground with. And it was even to the point where I wondered, would this be... A joke. I looked at the, the the officers and I noticed on their sleeve they had 
a badge which did not look like the what I would have expected the police officer's badge to look like or the, the emblem. And I even asked him if I could touch him because I just like thought, is it possible that this is a dream, a bad dream? And he was very, um, he, he understood the uh, the situation and said, you know, sure, go ahead. You're in shock, you know, do what you need, go sit down. And uh, that was the introduction to the change of my life. Right. And uh, your parents were killed in a car accident, isn't that correct? Yes, it was. Um, it was essentially a mechanical malfunction, and my mother heroically moved across three rows of traffic into almost into a parking lot and just didn't quite make it. And they, she was she died on the scene, and my father got flown to a trauma center and was pronounced within the hour. Huge shock, just a huge shock. And then on, on your birthday, and I can't even imagine what that must have been like to have the police walk in and, and tell you this. Um, and can you tell me, was that the motivation to write the book? What was your what was your motivation to write your book? You know, it's very interesting because uh, I had, so first of all, this is a poetry book. There's 26 poems in there. Um, and this was in 2010 and I didn't really do anything for a long time. In 2016, I started, um, reading poems at an open mic here in, in Boulder. And I didn't have much of a body of work at that time. So, you know, I was reading every week, you know, one or two poems and I started writing and writing and writing. I did that for over three and a half years. So intermittently, I would write about grief. I wrote about my parents, especially on their birthdays, anniversaries, things like that. But also some friends that had um, loss in their life. I would connect and write poems based on my connection with them. Well, somewhere along the line, there were people in the poetry community that started writing um, or publishing their book their books, their chapbooks. And I thought, well, this is great. I could do that. Um, and I looked to see what did I have that was substantive enough. You know, nature poems are great. Um, you know, political things, social things, all, all that are great. Um, but they don't really stand out, at least the way that I write. But, but I did notice that I had a lot on grief. And I thought, well, this is kind of a strange um, grouping, but it is its own niche. And I pulled out all the poems and I just started writing or, you know, organizing it and whatnot. And I absolutely felt like I was guided, like I was led through the whole process. Wow. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Well, we've talked about that and you have said that, that you have felt guided and you probably have been, I would think. I would think that you definitely had been guided to do this. Yes. And each step of the way, you know, there were some little challenges here and there, but each step of the way, it was like, well, this is the next thing to do. It's sort of like, you know, you're going on a hike and you'll see markers on trees and you'll know, oh, well, I'm on the trail, I'm on the path, I'm on the path. Well, I didn't have the next marker until I arrived at it. 
Wow. Yeah. Did you want to say something else, Bruce? Yeah, I wound up self-publishing um, the book, and it's available on Amazon. Right, right. Um, you had talked about the phases of the grief process in your book and how the first goes unrecognized. Could you uh, say more about that? What did you mean by that? Could you say more? Sure. Um, grief is its own dynamic and um, unpredictable process. Um, that being said, and what the officer was astute to tell me was that I was in shock. And I don't know if people realize it or not. I know that I didn't. But, you know, I certainly understood when he, when he told me that I was in shock. But I think that's the initial phase of the grief process is just being in shock. And it's like you don't know what reality is for quite a while. And then you start to move into the grief process. And of course, this isn't linear. This is my, you know, way of looking at it and my uh, trying to section it off. Right. That makes so, so much sense because I know that, you know, Christina was sick for a very long time, um, but it was still a shock when she died. Exactly the same thing. It was yeah. still definitely a shock and you don't know what reality is completely changes your perception of reality. Have, do you feel like you've grieved for your parents? You know, it seems like an obvious question, but the answer is not so cut and dried. It's been an iterative process. And initially in thinking about it, I thought, well, I haven't grieved for my parents. And well, what does that say? It's been it's been eleven years, but that's not the complete truth of it because things would come along in not monumental ways, but more subtle things. I'd be in a grocery store and hear some music, or see the name of a restaurant and would trigger some memories, and that's been the way that I've been processing it. And it's been a long time of small processes as opposed to just an overwhelming devastation, which I've seen other people experience. Right, right. Do you feel that your grief for your parents has changed you in both positive and negative ways? What would you say about that? It's been rather amazing, honestly. Um, it's, it's been pivotal in my life. It brought up unresolved issues, questions never asked or answered, and a deeper sense of connection with others because we all go through it. You know, it's, it's sort of like death. We don't talk about death. We don't talk about grief. You know, we dance around it, send people back to work after three days and figure they're all fixed. And that's just not reality. Right. This is, this is right. Uh, do you think grief changes people in general? What do you say about that? Absolutely. You know, so much of our human experience is right under the surface, and people don't oftentimes bridge that. But it's, it's true for all of us. You know, grief makes us more human. We go around feeling strong and independent, especially in the States, until it gets real. And loss makes it real. And grief is the healing process. Wow. Yes. Um, 
How do, how do you think we can grieve together in community, especially considering what's going on now, that people are losing loved ones, but considering what's going on with COVID and being nervous, how can we do it, grieve more together in community? Well, it is much harder now. Zoom meetings have helped. Uh, a year ago, I did the 10-year anniversary memorial for my parents. Right. And it was really so wonderful and cathartic. There were people from their community, people from my community. I had poets. I had musicians. There were friends of mine here and speakers from Florida. And it was just magnificent. And I learned things from from others' stories. And it's it's basically, you know, just ways of having human connection. Right, right. Do you think there are any real benefits to grief? Well, I mentioned that grief is the healing process around loss. And that broadens our breadth of emotions that we experience as part of our humanity. You know, especially in the United States, we think we're so different. We're so individualized. Um, but deep loss turns that differentiation on its end, and then we see how similar we are. Right. Very good. Yes. Do you have a community that you share your grief with? Honestly, not so much. Really? <laughs> um, I've, I've, I've certainly talked to friends. Um, I've, you know, participated in psychotherapy. I did EMDR, which was really amazing. Um, I've titrated the feelings, like I said before, just like little bits along the way. Um, but, you know, that I haven't sat in on support groups. I mean, I did for a little while, you know, just when I was visiting out of town or living out of town. Um, but I know the grief support groups end-of-life guides. I have some friends that, that do that. They're intimate with the process. And, and again, I finished a psychotherapy training two months, is that two months? The month before they died. Wow. So from one perspective, I was the most prepared for something that you can't be prepared for. Wow. That's interesting that that happened right before your parents died. Wow. Well, you know, this is this is all part of these little snippets, these little stories. We'll we'll talk about that in a minute. But yes, there's so many amazing stories that I've experienced relative to this. Wow. Uh, one of the things is a lot of people don't know really what to say when you lose someone. And um, do you have any suggestions for that? I mean, I know that some of my experiences, if I bring up Christina, people's eyes glaze over, mm. you know, do you have any? And so what would you say about that, about people not knowing what to say? Well, not surprisingly, uh, I wrote some poems about that. And the titular poem, the poem that the book is named for, um, is, is exactly that. And um, essentially, show up, care. The words that you say don't matter so much. 
just don't say the wrong thing. You know, I, there was, I was the year after they died, I was, I took their ashes to different places and whatnot. I stopped off at a hostel in Asheville, North Carolina, met this girl who just lost her sister and had to leave town. So she left Philadelphia and drove down just to escape. We had a little bit of a conversation and this guy, and she was probably in her early twenties. This guy comes in probably around the same age and he says, oh, you'll be okay, everything will feel better, and all that stuff. And once he left, I said, look, <laughs> that's not the reality. The reality is that you will be forever changed, and you don't get over this. You really, you in integrate it. And that's, you know, that those were my words of comfort, to not dismiss her feelings, her confusion, the pain. And, yeah, being there with somebody counts more than the words. Right. And I like that you use the word integrate. That's, I think mm -hmm. that's very important. That's kind of what I feel about Christina, that I'm never going to get over the grief about her, but it's part of me. It's part of me of who I, of who I am now. Yes, that's, I think that's a really good point and a really good word to use. Well, um, interestingly, she came from you. And now she is becoming part of you again. Right, right. And it, yes, well, that's very clear. <laughs> I wonder who's really wanting the, running yeah. the show most of the time. A lot of the time, I think it's her, actually, really. Um, and on another note, do you, do you still feel that you have a relationship with your parents? How is, how is your relationship with your parents now? How do you, what do you feel about that? Well, I definitely have a relationship with them. And it's, you know, it's evolving. And in a sense, I'm still learning from them. Um, you know, as you grow as a child, you hear their voices become your voices. Um, but the thing is that I've tried to rectify a lot of that. Um, but, uh, you know, what I find out is about their, their humanness. Um, again, like the memorial service that we did last year, I learned things about them, their strengths that, that were part of me that I didn't even realize that I should have accorded to them. Um, so their failings, in a sense, allows me to unwind my own personal issues. And their strengths allows me to recognize my strengths being part of our family. And all that was very much of a surprise. Wow, that's that's really excellent. I learned a lot about Christina through her friends. Also, after she was gone, I learned. A lot, I learned so yes, and that's how the memories live on, you know. We and and grieving in community is that we do learn a lot of things about our loved ones from their friends and and other family members. That's really excellent. Yes, um, and you've lost other loved ones in your life. How has that affected you? Well, my uncle just recently died, and that was a pretty strong. Um, he's like the last of that tier, you know, the, my parents' generation. And he was a good man, you know. And even though we weren't close in a lot of ways, we were close, you know, in heart and in family. And also, I was strongly connected to a woman that my mother was lifetime friends with. And her name was Alma Rosenberg. And she's the one 
that I dedicated the title of the book to. I was actually wrote the poem to her daughters. After my parents died, um, I got this inner nudge to call Alma. No, it wasn't a nudge. It was a command. <laughs> call Alma. And I was very clear about that. And I, eventually, I got, a, I, got a, I got a hold of her. And uh, when she died, um, after years of us having a really sweet relationship, she told me, I'm taking over. Your mother's gone. I'm taking over. Mm. And it was such a wonderful friendship that we had. So I wrote this poem called Not Enough to Her Daughters. And, um, you know, God bless them all. Right, right. That was, I'm sure that was really wonderful and helped her daughters so much, really. You know, um, uh, I, here's another question. Uh, not long after Christina died, it couldn't have been more than about a month, a friend said to me that I shouldn't grieve for her because that would slow, it would slow down what she needed to do. And um, I felt that it was pretty insensitive, among other things that I felt about it. And I'm just wondering if people say insensitive things. You know, I don't feel like it's my, my job to educate people on what to say, but people will say insensitive things. Do you have any suggestions for how to handle that? People can be well-intended and misguided at the same time. And, you know, I hear what you're saying about you don't need to educate somebody or you don't, it's not your job to educate somebody. Um, there were a couple things that happened. Oh my gosh. <laughs> a couple things that people have said. Um, and with one person, I knew that if I didn't invest a few minutes then, this was going to come back and we're going to have to plow through it. And it was really just kind of heinous. I thought this was a guy that was a friend of mine. Um, so I wound up taking the time. It was really just so wrong. Um, another time a woman said something to me that um, seemed a little bit off, but I heard more deeply into what she was saying. And in that case, it became a valuable lesson for me. So, you know, if you have somebody who says something, you could even you could even tell them, look, you don't need to say anything, just thanks for being here. But other than that, you're going to get into some kind of a personal thing that becomes challenging to, it becomes very mucky at a time when that's not what you want. You want comfort. You don't want somebody else to just um, make matters more emotionally challenging at a time when they should just be of support. That's my opinion. Right. Well, I'm sure you have more patience than I do about, well, that's, about all, that's... a lot of things. Because <laughs> I had I had a really rough time when when my friend said that. But oh my you gosh. know, but it's great that that what you're saying is to really you know kind of try and understand in some ways and work out when a person says something, because of course they don't mean to say something insensitive, but again, people don't always know what to say. Really. And something like what she, I assume was what she said to you, was, you know, it's like, who 
made you the authority on this. And right. Could you give me some documentation about this? <laughs> right. So, yeah. And this, and this is somebody who considers herself extremely spiritual, which is a oh, whole course, which is a course. whole other story. Um, I'd like to know how do you how do you think and do you think your book can help people with their grief? What would you say about that? And I know you've gotten some some good really good feedback about your book. I have. It's it's humbling. It really is because I wrote them one poem at a time, didn't really mean like it was going to be a presentation. And, you know, so these one-offs became a thing. And, you know, I've sold a bunch, I've given some away, and people come back to me. You know, this one guy, he bought seven copies, and then he gave them away and he came back and bought another five copies. And he's handing these things out like... You know, like candy and Halloween, except that it's a different kind of scary. But I've gotten, yeah, I actually have absolutely have gotten some very warm and heartfelt feedback from people. And this is why I was saying I feel like I've been guided and it almost seems like it wasn't me. Wow. Which which leads to a whole other thing. You have an upcoming book. Um, where you talk about um, some things that have happened between you and your parents since they passed, and I'm definitely and I'm definitely looking forward to that because um, I think that's very helpful for people, and that's what we talk about about going beyond the veil. That you've done that with your parents in a whole lot of ways, like I have with Christina in a lot of ways. Would you like to talk about that a little bit? Yes. Let's, let me say a couple things. First of all, um, the book that we have been talking about, the poetry book, is entitled Not Enough, Musings on Grief. And if you go to my webpage, which is brucesterlingllc.com, just click on the title. It takes you into Amazon. And the reason I will tell you to go to Amazon, because there's another prolific poet or author that has the same name. So that's the poetry book. And I'm also in the process with my sister-in-law's help of translating it into Spanish and getting that out soon. Right. The book that I was writing, the one to which you were referring, is a book of short stories of things that happened before and after my parents died. Things that when I came back, I'd be on walks with friends. And I'd start telling them these stories because I just couldn't believe them. And I'd tell story after story. And I kept on saying, I got to write this down. <laughs> well, it took me 10 years, but I finally started writing it down. And these are things that the point of this is that there's more going on than what we think. Right. You know, the convention tells us. Right, right. I can't wait to read this This upcoming book i i can't even imagine the the stories must are must be fabulous so i think um we're getting close to the end um and i'd love to know if there's anything else you'd like to say or add or bring up before we close you know um i guess the only thing really is that life and grief are really 
not as linear as we like to think. We think that for convenience, we think that for convention and for organizing our society and all that. But the older that I get <laughs> and the more that I see, you know, it's it's both a mess and it's beautiful. So be gracious with the people that you can, especially, you know, if you're going through the grieving process, it's, you know, it just kind of wipes, you know, you kind of get wiped up. I say this, like you're just being a mop and right drawn around the, the floor or something with it. I know what you, I know what you mean, really, really. So I think that that's about it, Bruce. Um, I can't thank you enough on every single level as a friend, as a poet, as an author, as a coach. All of the things that you do, all of the things that you are, I don't think it's been a coincidence that we've become friends over all these years this close. I'm really, I feel like you've been a blessing to me in every single way. And I really want to thank you for doing this interview with me. Friendship works both ways. <laughs> thank you. I love that. So I'm going to, I'm going to close as I always do with a quote. Perhaps they are not stars in the sky but rather openings where our loved ones smile down to let us know that they are happy. And that's an Eskimo proverb that really, really affect, clearly affects me a lot. So tune in next week for Podcast 11, Healing the Generations, Ageless and Timeless. Thank you for listening. Here's stories that are compelling, enlightening, challenging and intertwined with world events with every story you will come away with hope love new outlooks on life and tips on how to overcome whatever comes your way telling stories is wired into our brains and how we live in community with each other never a dull moment so listen up and let's kick some ass please share subscribe and review check out my book on amazon Love in Action, My Daughter's Battle with Cancer, A Mother's Memoir, and also check out Bruce's book on Amazon, Not Enough Musings on Grief, Bruce Sterling. Thank you. Sending love to all.